This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Chasing the Tide. It's your saltwater connection on the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dustin Nichols, back with you again with another episode. Um, you know, been kind of slow lately. Uh, you know, we're just doing these uh, every four weeks now. You know, I got kind of busy with work and things get hectic. Life happens. You know, everybody, everybody goes through all of that. So. Um, so we're just we're just rolling right now, doing doing one every four weeks. So I'm sorry I'm not getting more more shows out there for y'all, but we have plenty of other um, shows and episodes on the Pal and Finn Network. So yeah, be, go back and check everything out there. Everything from bass fishing for noobs. Um, you know we got some hunting stuff going on. We got the reel down. Uh, everything out there, man. We got a bunch of shows for everybody uh plenty of content out there so y'all go check it out check it out on the page there check it out on the palafin youtube it's all there for you so i'm not gonna sit here and rant anymore <laughs> we're gonna get our guest on tonight we have a, a angler from the the northeast up in the connecticut area join us tonight we got matt stone coming in to us from the northeast what's going on matt how's it going man hey thanks for having me on i appreciate it yeah, man, I'm stoked. I've been uh, been a follower, been following you on the on the gram for a little while, and I was like, man, I need to reach out to that guy. I'm always looking for some, you know, saltwater inshore um, anglers, and and you know, I'm always scanning the gram, looking looking for stuff like minded anglers and everything that like to chase those big fish in the in the plastic boat. So I wanted to get you on, you know, right. and uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, and and uh, if you'll introduce yourself to everybody and then give them a little backstory on how you started fishing and then what led you into that plastic boat sure yeah um so my name is matt stone uh my instagram is sunrise kayak fishing and uh grew up in vermont but i live in connecticut right now and uh started kayak fishing um when i was 16 i'm 35 now and uh 
basically just started bass fishing, uh, you know, throwing a popper around little mill ponds in Vermont using a, a standard plastic kayak. And, uh, you know, from there I went to college in Maryland, uh, lived in Baltimore for a long time. And, you know, kind of wherever I went, I always, you know, pulled around a yellow sit inside kayak. And eventually once I started fishing the Chesapeake Bay uh, in a kayak, I upped it to a, you know, kind of a fishing kayak that was basically just to sit inside with some rod holders and, um, you know, from there, I, I really just, it, it started to feel like something that really, I just, I couldn't stop doing it. Every second I got, I was going out, I was going out after work. I was bringing my kayak to work on, on the roof of my car. I was a teacher for a very long time. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd pull up to school with my kayak strapped to my roof and the rods in the back. And, um, just, it's one of those things that once you get a taste of the saltwater inshore kayak, it is is very hard to want to do anything else you know once you feel that tug from a 45 inch striped bass dragging you around um up north we call it the nantucket sleigh ride um <laughs> once, once you feel that it is it is like a drug in, the, in your veins so um since then um my wife and i moved up to uh southern connecticut uh a few years ago and i've really just um gone full bore you know i'm, I'm in the kayak uh if the, if the lakes aren't frozen, I'm in the kayak uh, 12 months out of the year and um, salt water from April through Thanksgiving, um, just going after everything. And it's just, I love the community. I love the, the studying of it all. I love the migrations of the saltwater fish, trying to figure those out. Um, I like the weather charts. I, I love, and you know, I, above all, I love getting up you know, in the summer, I'm usually up at 1 or 2 a.m. and I'm on the water by usually around 3 a.m. and being out there in the dark and in the little plastic boat under the stars with, with your line zipping is, uh, I haven't found that feeling from any other aspect of my life. And so I just, I just love it. I love it so much. And uh, I'm just really lucky to, to have met all the awesome people I have along the way and, and to just be able to do what I love. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, I, I feel you only. The, uh, the nighttime strike missions on the during the full moon man that's oh, yeah. when i the, it's coming up in the fall and into the winter on those cold nights with light winds full moon you know major feeding period moon overhead mm -hmm. i'm gonna be chasing some big speckled trout man and that's that's what i love yeah. to do i love to chase those those big specks and they just get yeah. a different beast when they get over 24 25 inches and, and i'm fortunate enough to live in a in a really cool fishery that we have chances at, at the 30 inch fish you know that's all awesome. yeah, yeah but dude yeah. i was like i started out in a yellow kayak too yeah and i used to car top it on a on a little corolla and a little is a subaru or whatever i can't remember what it was that was that's me too mine was day, a corolla dude. and i used pool i cut a pool noodle in half and put the those on the roof of the corolla and then strapped oh, the kayak dang. i had racks i had two lay racks <laughs> I surf, yep. so I grew up in the surf and skate industry as well. So I already had the rack, so I just boom, I got the kayak. I was like, man, I want to, I want to get this. I'm put, I can expand my range in the water because coming to Texas, yep. you know, we a lot of people wade fish here. You know, you walk into mm -hmm. spots, you can pull up and park and and walk into the bay and wade around. And the, you know, there's some soft mud here and there, but a lot of it's sand bottom. You know, mm -hmm. and that's what. Mm -hmm threw me off when I moved here. It was like, man, what are them people doing walking way out? Oh man, that's that shallow <laughs> way out there. All right, cool. Yep. You know, and then the, the kayak expanded the range, but yeah, I was going to say, man, I started out in a yellow kayak and it, it's everybody that's, that's listened to the, the humble beginnings of, of, of my kayak journey knows that it was called the bruised banana, uh, uh named <laughs> per the guys at work that were like, man, you need to do something you need to do like some kind of fade or something so i took like black spray paint and faded from the nose and the the bow and the stern with black and into yellow and they're like dude it looked like you got a big bruised banana on top of your car and then ever since then it was like ss bruised banana i wrote it in uh, marker on the side ss bruised banana you you so, were the, an og kayak rigging customizer <laughs> yeah yeah it was a perception uh pesca yeah caster 12.5 yeah perception nice yeah. The, awesome. the one in where you kind of sit inside and the seat seat backs weren't worth the crap and oh yeah so you had an yep. up, upgraded one that kind of went up to your shoulders and then i put a little cushion underneath it to get me up higher so i wasn't sitting in water and but that yep. little thing could move i mean it, it yeah. had a pretty big tank well you could 
stuff your stuff in there and I mean it didn't it was just once I graduated into the more fishing style kayaks and, and uh the state and you know the seating just changed the game where you could stand mm-hmm. up and side cast and everything. It just yeah. it's gotta be really cool when you were able to do that. But yeah, humble mm-hmm. beginnings for sure. <laughs> yep. That's right. Man. So yeah, you you say you fish uh, well as long as the lakes aren't frozen as well. But then there's ice fishing as well. I was gonna we were gonna get into mm-hmm. seasons up there. That's one thing I was I was looking at up there. I was up there last year and it was beautiful when I was up there like at the beginning of August. It wasn't hot at all. Mm-hmm. Nice yep. cool mornings. Um, you know, we were on the water before the sun came up as well up there fluking and chasing, you know, trying to get, I was getting my heart broken by some striper. <laughs> it was pretty dang cool though, just to see them. <laughs> they're, they're good at that. On the top waters. Um, but yep. yeah, seasons up there, seems, y'all definitely have, you know, more of a winter than most, especially me down here. I fish year round. Um, so what gets you through the downtime? I mean, do you ice fish here and there or, or and you hunt, you hunt as well, huh? Yeah, I've never, uh, so I have, I have buddies that hunt my land. Um, oh. I've not done it yet. I do want to get into bow hunting. That's kind of my, I don't know if I'm ready for it. I don't know if my wallet's ready for it. Um, yeah, but, um, but yeah, so usually for us, we have um, our big fall season and our, our year ends with a tog or blackfish, toe tog. Oh yeah. Um, and the, that fishing, it's really fun. It's, it's, it can be, or most times of the year, it's pretty shallow. You're, you're usually shallower than 60 feet. Um, you know, that'll take us all the way through Thanksgiving. Um, and that's a really fun way to fish. Um, we still see some striper blitzes around that time of year, but it definitely tails off. And then, um, for me, I typically switch over to, um, a lot of freshwater stuff throughout the winter. Um, I learned how to, um, use a center pin rod to drift fish, uh, creeks and rivers for salmon and um, trout last winter. Um, so that was really cool. I'm in the winter, basically December through call it February. My goal is to just be outside at least a couple right. times a week. You know, like it's yeah. we, my buddy and I have been out there in the river when it's 15, 16 degrees, your, your beard's freezing, your guides are freezing. You know, yeah. it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it like layers <laughs> or your friend, uh, clothes. Yeah. Like there's, there's some mornings in, in January this past year that I launched and it, you know south texas and it was it was 28 degrees on my truck from you know temperature reading yep and and it was oh, just yeah. it, it set up and it it was just the perfect wind and the way it was setting up and the fish were there and i had some pretty yeah. epic days and you just got to get out there you know you, you mm-hmm. wear layers yeah, you're, you're good you know <laughs> yeah and you see stuff in the winter time that's that it doesn't for me this the, the spring summer falls where it's at but you know, I, this past winter, we actually had a really mild one up here in, in New England, and um, the lakes never really froze. I live right down the street from a lake, and it was really only frozen for, I think, you know, two or three days, so the ice was barely anything. But yeah. So what I ended up doing a lot of this past winter is uh, I set up a couple of my lighter bass fishing rods with some ultralight, like, six-pound um, mono, and I actually threw my kayak in a lot of the lakes and I trolled for, uh, for trout with like inline spinners and little diving rapalos and stuff. And it was, it was a blast. I was out there during a couple of snowstorms, like snow oh, all dang. up in the trees and you, you got your, your rods bending some, and it's, you know, good backdrop for the photos. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's cool. And they can harvest some, I guess. Is, is the season open that time of year where you're able to keep it? Yeah. Yeah. During certain there? parts of the winter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's fun, you know. I'm basically just waiting until. Uh, what'd you say? I say good eating for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just kind of surviving through the winter then, just trying to get. Um, usually around March, I'll start hitting lakes for some of the early season freshwater fish, and then in mid-April, our spring uh, tog or blackfish season opens, and uh, when that water hits the 50 degree mark in the ocean, I won't see fresh water again until December. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, we'll get a whole lot of, I mean, it'll get down in the 50s and then it might get down in the 40s. But like a couple of years ago, we had a pretty, pretty uh, crazy freeze. We had water temps down in the, in the low 30s mm. and we had some fish kills and all that. We had some regulation changes and all that. And that, that, that clause just sunset and it reverted back to what it was before. But there's still some oh, stuff okay. going on with that. Um you know, I did see some, I did see some changes, you know, 
here and there, but you know, it's uh, the way they had it set up with the slot limit they had the last two years is definitely there's definitely been an impact on it. Kind of, yeah. But the biomass of the spawning fish definitely has increased for sure. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's cold, cold, but it was cold. I mean, we had multiple. I don't think we got above freezing for like four days. It was like like nineteen or twenty. Yeah, it was a big cold snap. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, you're. You're up there where that that weather is definitely different than this down here. <laughs> a little, <bit> longer, <laughs> it's still little more of that white stuff on the ground, but yeah, you're yep. in the land of uh, big striper. You know, mm -hmm. so I had the privilege of traveling up there last year to to Niantic um, with three Bells Outfitters there, and mm -hmm. uh, definitely got my heart broken. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I can I can understand being addicted to chasing that. So just give if you can just give the listeners like the, an insight on the the passion for those fish cuz I see if y'all go and check him out there, check check out Matt on IG. His is Sunrise Sunrise Kayak Fishing. Um at Sunrise Kayak Fishing. And you're going to see plenty of uh 35 inch plus striped bass. And it looks like a lot of them come on that uh I think what tackle store is it? Was it JT's? Is that is that the tackle store up there? Maybe I went to that one. Um, I, there's J and B and J and B. Uh, that's the one. Mm -hmm. Them guys gave me all the intel. They said, "Hey, you need to get some of these gravity GT eels." I was like, "Oh yep. yeah, I'm gonna get some of those because the cobia over here are gonna slap, kill them." Yeah, yeah we and saw those. those Alley Yeah, those Alley snacks. Too. The pink ones, dude. I can't. I wrecked the redfish on them on the flats, dude. Yep. Yeah, those things catch bass everything. Twitching. They kill them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the bass like them too in the lakes over the hydrilla. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Th those are like the unit. They're like a, a chubby Senko. <laughs> they are. They're super killer. They, mm -hmm. they, yeah. I brought some back. I bought like five packs. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. Awesome. But yeah, talk about the that passion for those for those big stripe bass. And share with them. Yeah, they're uh, they're a special fish. I I very quickly fell in love with them i've been fishing for them since i was little um but i am really i've been fascinated always with their like, like a, a large migratory fish you know so yeah. they're spending their winters uh down you know off the carolinas um mm -hmm. some of them winter over of course in like our rivers and in the chesapeake and in different areas down the coast um there's a lot of we call them holdovers some of those fish but um I think I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with them mostly through a huge respect for the journey that they go through to end up up in Connecticut. You know, I'm, I'm not the most northern reach of their travels, but I'm pretty darn close. And yeah. um, they're just so, they're strong, they're smart. They, I mean, they know if they're in the rocks and you hook them above the rocks, they know to get down near rocks. Like I've fought fish that repeatedly return to the same rock to try to get your line snapped off and um i like them too because they have personalities like some like not all 45 inch fish fight the same way so mm. something you know we were talking before before we started recording here yeah. every now and then it happened to me in august every now and then you hook one and you know it's a giant like i'm i'm primarily targeting fish 45 inches plus um that's my you know really what i what i live for is is chasing those fish but every now and then you hook one and it just abuses you and you can get the fanciest gear and tie the best knots but yeah. you're in their home baby you know like that's their house and so um i just love them man they fight they jump they hit everything they're they're ferocious um they're just really cool fish and i, I a lot of like i was saying earlier my love for them is rooted really heavily in like respect for them like one of my favorite yeah. parts is when i catch them I get my photo, you know, and then I put them in the water to revive them. And those yeah. like, you know, that minute or so where I'm reviving them and you really just get to like, look them in the eye and just like respect yep. the power that they oh, yeah. have and all that they gave you. And then you get to see them kick away. And that is like, for me, that's, that's the moment, you know, that whole thing comes full circle. So I really started chasing like any stripers and then just in the past few years since I moved up here I've really um, refined my tactic tactics and gear to be trophy size um, a, a big striper chaser and I, I work at uh, another tackle shop that's a little bit west of J&B called Black Hall Outfitters in Westbrook Connecticut okay. and through working there I've, I've met so many really talented guys and 
you know, I spend my whole day talking about fishing and oh, yeah. <laughs> um, really just like have gone full bore into that. So most of my, my really heavy summer days, I'm, you know, like I was saying earlier, I'm up at 1 a.m. and the coffee's going and, and I'm on the water at, you know, 2.30 first cast. And uh, it's just so cool, man. They're just such awesome fish. And then we got to soak it in, right? Because right now we're recording this at the end of September. I'll be yeah. darn lucky if I see a 40 plus incher before next June. You know, so oh, yeah. they're here and they're gone. So they're they're, they're pretty gone, awesome yeah. fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, fishing before work, after work. I, I work. I work. I picked up an overtime shift at work last night and worked last night graveyards and had my stuff with me and was on the water mm-hmm. at five thirty this morning. Yeah, <laughs> straight yeah. off work. You it's know, sacrifice sleep for the for the for the passion for the yep therapy. Yep. You know, it was a rough week last week, so it was it was nice to i think i've fished i fished every day since since i got off thursday i fished every day except monday so far and i'm gonna fish tomorrow and friday and saturday and sunday probably probably yeah it it depends on what the wife says too so happy wife happy life you gotta take care of that 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 part of things too as long as i get my daughter to school or get her to the golf course you know um, I have my stuff with me and, is, and, and take off. I might get on the water a little later than I would like to, but, um, mm. you know, the midday bite's been pretty good lately. So nice. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely yeah. fun. That's so, what I always man. tell myself, like up here, I'm always like, if I pass up a trip in August, what would I think about that in February when all I'm, all I want to do is have a 1am alarm set to go chase fish. So yeah. I always in the summertime, like, for me, June, July, August are really the big striper months, and I, I I fish usually two morning trips, and then I usually do two night trips. So four days a week, I get to get on the water, and you know those night trips, I'm usually fishing by 7 p.m. And if the bite's good, I won't get home till past midnight. And if it's really good, oh, yeah. I might go straight to work from the water. <laughs> oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I always got I've that winter that in my mind. I've done that before, not not get off the water in time and just fish, 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 and then be like, oh, I need to be at work in an hour. Oh, I guess I'm just going straight to work and take a shower. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm, gonna sacri- I'm definitely going to be hurting all night, <laughs> you know. Yep. I mean, luckily, you know, some nights, you know, I work at a petrochemical plant. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're I, I'm normally I'm in front of like eight computer monitors running the process of some, you know, some equipment, uh, compressors, um, blowers and and it's chlorine and uh, hydrogen systems and we make bleach and hydrochloric acid and stuff used in wastewater treatment and mm-hmm. all kind of stuff you know so it it can be pretty tedious but once you get things lined out it's like pretty you, you make it cadillac so you know you're yeah. not you know if you have an upset that's a different story and that's what we went through last week that's why i was so glad yeah. to get on the water friday and i got yeah. into uh Man, I got onto one one flat, and I, I probably pulled nine thirty inch plus redfish on on top water on walking baits off of it, and they were just yeah. blasting it out of the water. It was pretty insane. That'll the soul. <laughs> I, I love the big fish too, the big reds and the big trout. So um, mm-hmm. I do like the bass fish. That's kind of where I started, you know, back in the day fishing the golf course ponds and all that in Southeast Georgia. I'm originally from Georgia. Yep. So, uh, you, you have some, like when I was up there, I was like pretty surprised to see, uh, some of the little ponds and, and I can't remember the name of them there. And I think, but there was like two or three that were like, you could launch and just go wreck the 16, 17 bass all afternoon. I had a pretty dang fun time. So you, yeah, like, but, but as passionate as you are about the big striper, you kind of like, just like, eh. <laughs> the fresh, I don't have time for I, I those, like... for those ditch pickles. <laughs> it is it is i will admit like i i am the percentage of of salt versus fresh for me when i first started kayak fishing it was a hundred fresh zero salt and then at a certain point probably towards the last few years of when i lived in baltimore it was probably 50 50 um and then when i moved up here it was maybe 70 you know salt 30 fresh and now it's about 95 5 you know about 90 10 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. I, it, I, it's not because I dislike any of the freshwater fishing. I actually usually when I take a day or a couple hours to go down the street to the lake and throw, you know, throw a hollow body frog over some pads, yeah. like I usually end up leaving that being like, man, I, I missed that, you know, but yeah. there's something that there's just nothing for me that compares to 
a 45 inch striper hitting a nine inch topwater bait, you know, <laughs> dragging oh, yeah. you around mm-hmm. the, the water. Like I would fish all day for one 40 inch striper before yeah. I'd catch five I'd rather, pound bath, you know, same and here. it's not cause I, I just like back, but it's just, it's just what I love. And the ocean too, like the ocean has, you see stuff on the ocean. You know, I was out uh, about three, four weeks ago fishing at sunrise and out of nowhere, a pod of 60, 60 dolphins came by. And that's not normal for, I'm in the Long Island Sound, so we're, we're a sound. So we have an entrance to the sound on one side of an island and a smaller entrance on the other side. And that's the only way to get into the Long Island Sound unless you go through New York City and the Hudson River. Um, right. If anyone's listening, you know, look at it on a map real quick. It's basically like our east-west running um, nine miles, you know, across from Connecticut to Long Island. That's yes. us. And so to see dolphins in there, you know, we, we see we have guys jumping tarpon every now and then up here now, which is like absolutely wild. You know, you just, I saw a sea turtle. Um, I saw a sea turtle like uh, three weeks ago. It's just the ocean has those things about it that you see that just you can't see anywhere else you know so the ocean oh, definitely has mean <laughs> too we had some wind come up on us and it was like pretty dang gnarly in there yeah it can get yeah. the sound can get it's a because it's so thin and, and gets deep quickly the current mm-hmm. really rips current really rips and then the wind um, yeah you gotta know with the fence you gotta know your stuff yeah because I, I you can be out there and where you launch might be totally flat but if you go out and for example you have an east wind against an outgoing tide and an outgoing Stack tide in the, the sound runs west to east those things are colliding and it's an absolute mess it can get really yesterday actually i launched into what looked like you know one to two foot rollers and i got out there in the wind switch and i was in four to five footers and it was not fun it was definitely oh, no. sketchy <laughs> that's sketch that's sketch oh yeah it yeah. got on us it, it got to like 35 mile an hour gusts in the afternoon and luckily we were in a protected area and the and the, the tide had switched so it wasn't it was going the same way nice. so it wasn't yep. fighting each other so we got yep. lucky um and just kind of fished around in like 30 foot of water and we were catching like 17 18 inch fluke all evening which was still fun because it's oh, something yeah. i had you know sitting there just, <laughs> yep. just, yeah. just drifting and dragging i had the two two ounce uh like ball head bucktails with a little uh grub up top like oh yeah and was getting after it you know i had a blast doing that so yeah that's yeah uh and then what what else i was gonna get in on talk about the tog you know you say you got two seasons you got a fall season and Mm -hmm. a spring season for those and and on those are you targeting those like they're very similar in tendencies to like a a sheephead what i catch over here where I yep. do like a crab imitation or fiddlers or something. Is there, is it, is it bait? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Called over you there or you throw artificials as well. 98% of guys uh, are going uh, green crabs, which are like an invasive, the oh, green yeah. crab up here. You buy those by the, by the gallon up here. Okay, you buy them at the tackle, um, tackle shop. Yep. You buy shops. them live and uh, you buy them live and you bring, typically you bring a five gallon bucket full of those guys and a pair of scissors and you snip them in half. You cut, depending on some guys like the legs on, yeah. some guys like the legs off, but, and then you hook a jig just like you would a sheep's head yeah. jig, like a bottom sweeper or something yep. like that. Um, and you're dropping it anywhere from during the right conditions, we can get 10 pound fish in five foot of water. And sometimes you're up in there throwing, you know, five, eight ounce, half ounce jigs. And sometimes you're out deeper, um, using a rig with like an octopus hook on it and like a six, eight ounce weight. Um, sometimes the guys that go out and do the reefs, like out in boats like that, they're, they're anchoring up and they're using like 12 to 16 ounces of weight. Um, So, yeah, but it's pretty, the, that stuff is huge for us. It's, yeah. I think partially it's they're, because they're it's a stru- structure oriented fish just as well. Like yeah. Shit. They like rocks, the pilings, rocks, jetties, pilings, jetties. Yep. Yep. You yeah. got it. And they fight like hell too. Just like yeah. she said, like they, they'll test your knots. They'll test your, your gear ratio on your reel. Like a lot of guys use high speed conventional reels. Um, I use a 7.1 to one, um, with 40 pound braid, 60 pound leader um power knob like you got to get them away from those rocks just like a sheep's yeah. head you know or get, go yeah. away from the jetty or away from the dock piling whatever it may be i get lucky and we i get them i have some uh some flats that has a lot of shell a lot of oyster it's only mm-hmm. like a foot and a half to two foot deep and it, it, it's pretty mm-hmm. clear in the winter time you know the turbidity can settle out a lot 
lot easier and in cooler water. So mm-hmm. you can sight fish them with a, with a little 2000 series spinner reel and a little crusty cool. crab, you know, the That's little awesome. little crab imitation. So you can like put it in front of them. And they're like six, seven pound sheephead. You're fighting on a oh, cool. you know, 15 pound brave with a 15 pound fluorocarbon leader, hoping they're not going to cut you off on the, the oyster below them. That's cool. Uh, what so a fun it's pretty fun. Them. It's pretty fun to catch them like that. You know, yeah. you get a lot in the three, three, four pound range, but every now and then you'll get it like a six or seven. And then cool. they burn. They burn the drag. They're strong fight fish, and they're tasty table fare as well. I, I believe the tog are the same. Uh, yep. Pretty sweet white flesh. Uh, and can do a lot with them and you know help. Yep. I mean, that's what they eat they eat shellfish and, and mm-hmm. sweet crustaceans so that's what they're going to kind of flavor yep. <laughs> a lot of people taste. do a chowder up here a chowder with the dog oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet that'd be big good one. I make a yeah. clam chowder myself man there you go throw throw yeah. some sheep's head or something in there that's what everyone does do up here with head. yeah I do it yeah. I put uh, leeks in my I, I roast the leeks and and with the potatoes and, and some fresh thyme and I actually cook the potatoes in the clam juice and nice yeah lots of heavy cream there you fresh go. garlic lots of butter yeah that's good <laughs> I, stuff I went to culinary school back in the day so I do like to cook so nice that's something cool. I can fall back on just like you with the teaching that's my wife's an educator as well so oh nice she, she's wanting to get in the room here in about another 30 minutes and go to bed <laughs> and I'm like, babe, I've been up all night and since yesterday. <laughs> I think I slept three hours yesterday before I went to work. Ooh, running like, on fumes. Yeah, I'm running on fumes right now for sure. <laughs> Definitely. So about the teaching, talk about you know transitioning from that. You you worked as a teacher for how many years? Uh, Eleven. Mm-hmm. Eleven years, and now you're working. Uh, you're you're full time at a at a at a black water. Uh, Black Hall Outfitters. Black yeah, Hall like, Outfitters. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And, yeah. and four times. So that's more time on the water. Is that what it ended up being? It's, it, uh, it's different time on the water, like different yeah. days of the week. Um, I, yeah. The, it, it's really, it, it's kind of been a, the most awesome whirlwind that I never would have predicted five years ago if you had asked me. I, I love teaching. My parents are both educators. Um, I, I, up until the day that I resigned, still loved it. Um, I got a lot out of it. Did it for a long time. I have my master's in education, um, cool. so it's it's it was always the plan. And then um, and I taught English. Um, I, was, I was an English teacher, and um, I started freelance writing for some fishing magazines. And around that same time, I started my Instagram page, which kind of like connected me to a bunch of different people. And um, then when we moved up here, I actually messaged the owner. Um, on Instagram, the page that I actually run now for the tackle shop, which is at BHO Fishing, I messaged Ooh. the owner there, and I just looking for a summer job. You know, just looking. I, yeah. I always got summer jobs. I worked on a lot of farms. You know, stuff like that, like stuff I can be outdoors or do something manual that I, you know, different from teaching. And um, started working there in the summer and just freaking loved it, man. I love helping people. I like talking to them about. Yeah. What, what's catching out there, where to go, where to try. They come back the next day and they got a photo of something they caught using advice that I gave them. And um, it's just, it is so cool. Um, and so, what? and then the writing kept picking up. I was writing for a bunch of different magazines and websites. And, um, you know, it eventually started, I started to learn more at the shop and just sort of like feel um, in the summer, the summer would kind of be nearing the end of it and the shop i just felt like i was dialed in i knew everything we had yeah. and what was on order and you know i was learning new skills and using my brain in all these different ways that was different from teaching but still with that teaching aspect of helping people yes. um and a couple you know a couple of years ago the owner of the tackle shop um the shop is, is growing um doing well and he he offered me a, a managerial position there's two other managers as well and we each have our specialties and uh it ended up being a really good fit. And so I, I, this past year was my final year of teaching and I resigned and um, joined a black hall full time as a manager and the social media coordinator. And it's just been awesome. Um, so in terms of time on the water, um, I'm a morning guy. So my summer hours, I work five days a week, just like anyone else, 40, you know, 40 plus hours, whatever it takes to get the job done on a given day, but usually around 40. Um, but in the summertime, my shifts are uh, 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. or 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And so I get um, I get my afternoons. I have a two-year-old son, so I get time with him. I get to pick him yeah. up from daycare. 
Um, and then during the summer, I work weekends, um, which is fine because I'm done by two. So I still get most of my day with my family. Um, but the days off for me during the summer are two weekdays. So I get to be out on the water on days when almost no one else is. Um, and so that's been that's the best part. So my days off, I basically, I'm up even earlier on my days off than I am on my work days, you know. So that's been pretty cool. Um, right now I have Mondays, uh, or I have Tuesdays and Sundays off, so I still get that Tuesday. You know, yesterday I spent my whole day, I drove two and a half hours to Cape Cod at two in the morning and fished the whole day out on Cape Cod and then picked up my son back home in Connecticut at four from daycare. So it's oh, definitely cool. like, there you go. yeah, it's cool, man. It's definitely different. And uh, I just, I just love, I love a good adventure. I slept in my car like a month ago the night before, like fished all night drove to Rhode Island, slept in my car in the boat ramp parking lot, woke up and fished there oh, yeah. all day. And then, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's been cool. So the switch has been really neat. It's definitely been, um, it's different and, and I absolutely love it. I'm still writing. Um, I, I still have that teaching part of helping people, but, um, fishing was always my passion and helping people is embedded within that. So I'm just, I feel like I'm sort of living in a little bit of a, a dream right now, getting to do what I'm passionate about and have it also uh, pay the bills. It's, it's really cool. I'm just really grateful. Yeah. For it. Yeah. I know. I, 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 sometimes I just sit there and just scratch my head. It's like, man, I'm, I'm all in this kayak fishing thing. It's like, I, I don't spend any of my money I make from my real job. It's all supplemental now. It's like, how did this <laughs> happen? Uh, I don't know. I, I just, Oh, I have to I have to stand back and think about it every now and then. It's like and appreciate everything and, and the opportunities mm -hmm. and all that. You know, it's pretty yeah. cool to be out and have a platform to talk about this with other anglers as well. Yeah, it's you know, awesome. And share man. with people what what what's possible, what is possible out there with hard work. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, putting in the sure. time. Yeah, it's hard fun, sure. man. It's fun. That's part. Of, that's a big part for I'm sure down in Texas with all the fresh and saltwater stuff up here, the, the kayak fishing community is just so cool. I have met so yep. many awesome people that I absolutely never would have met. And I have guys, I'm sure you do too. I have guys that I've been talking with on Instagram for years who I've never even met. Never even met. Oh yeah. And I, and I, I consider them good friends. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I need to, and I'm like, Hey, we need to hook up and listen. Like I found you, like, you know, there's been quite a few, cool friendships started just by having people on the show as well yeah you know and, yeah. and oh and then we have a great trail here um texas kayak bass league they just piggybacked and they did a, a joint uh event on rayburn with uh the hobie vos oh uh, cool this past weekend and a lot of those guys freaking won you know they've been and i usually fish a lot of their events when i when i have my days off normally mm -hmm. i'm not going to take time off to fish bass tournaments but i'll take a day off to fish a redfish tournament. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but I do have a, a multi-species event coming up. I was going to plug it real quick. Uh, yeah. Um, on October 21st, 22nd, we got the Redfish Greenfish Smackdown. And it's, uh, it's redfish on day one, your best three fish, 18 to 32 inch slot. And then uh, the second day is your best five bass with the 12 inch minimum on Lake Bastrop, which is a central Texas lake. And, pretty easy to catch fish in you know that way you got saltwater guys that might be kind of afraid to go chase them green fish you know you can go through a sinkhole all day around the region and fill a limit pretty easily but yeah it, it's the stuff like that where i might not bass fish all the time because i'm always i mean i'm i mean when i leave work i can launch in five minutes and be on redfish like 10 <laughs> 10 minutes from the boat ramp you know five That's minutes awesome. away you know so bass fishing i gotta drive i gotta drive an hour and a half to get to some of the lakes and maybe three or four mm -hmm. to some of the different ones so you know i'll go here and there mm -hmm. or i'll just show up blind to a tournament and ruffle some feathers and cash a check every now and then you know because because I'm, I'm i'm a power fisherman go. on the bass <laughs> side so i don't like the finesse stuff i'm usually throwing top water walking baits frogs, you know chatter baits big glide baits and yep. all that good stuff so Man, it's, That's it's me too. Mm -hmm. you know, it's fun. I still have fun at it. You know, I, I just, I wish there was more time in the day. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, man, it's already dark, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all good. But yeah, we're going to talk about some gear. I was wanting to bring up some, um, some of your favorite tackle and, uh, and 
tactics for uh, specific species and, and for striker. That's what I was really wanting to talk about was, uh, you know, your conventional or spinning reels and, and what are you normally throwing? Are you going by what they're feeding on and what they're keyed in on as far as like if there's bunker around or if there's, um, you know, I don't know how prevalent the eels are, but they sure do slam the dang eel lures and the and the tube lures. They as love well. them. Yeah. So if you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that, I'd, I'd be curious to hear some 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 more info on some of that stuff. Yeah. So for us, um, our first big striper bite is when the migratory bass follow the bunker schools in. Um, and when we're saying inshore, we're talking uh, sometimes five to ten miles up a river system. Um, the bunker will go and those bass will follow them so but mostly we're talking inshore you know immediate shoreline in the first mile or so of any rivers around there and um that bite um i say i always describe it to customers at the tackle shop though a lot of the times those fish they come in and for the first little bit they'll eat anything and then they very quickly i call it bunker drunk they get bunker drunk and it doesn't matter if the lure you have looks exactly like a bunker they will not sniff it a lot of the time you need a snag, we call it snag, uh, it, it's not technically snag and drop, but we snag bunker with a weighted treble hook. You cast mm-hmm. past the school and you rip the hook through them. You get them, bring them in, and then um, you're not allowed in Connecticut, you're not allowed to snag them and then let that weighted treble hook fall. You have to pull them out and you have to hook them um, with a circle hook. Um, okay. So that that is a, a time of year when I'm very much using live bait um, and, and specifically bunker. I've been in a uh, corner of a, a spot where there's 10 boats and everybody's hooking up with 40 plus inch stripers and I've had a live eel down there and I don't get sniffed. And every one of those guys is dropping a bunker down and getting bit hmm. within 10 seconds. So they really get dialed on that. And then Finicky. <laughs> as, as the summer moves on, they tend to leave the immediate river systems when that water gets warm. And uh, that's when I pretty much start using, um, I use the gravity tackle eels. That's my um, my number one like big fish producer. Um, I, on a given trip out, like my night trips that go into the early morning, I have a gravity tackle rod and reel. Um, I'm usually using like a half ounce jig head and throwing that in towards the shore. Um, I have a live eel rod and reel because there are days where they love the live eels and not the gravity tackle. There are days where they love the gravity and not the live, and there's days where they do both, so I always want to be prepared. Um, and then I usually have two big plug rods where I'm throwing, you know, big, the big topwater stuff like you were saying, the docks, or uh, yep. there's a really popular plug in Connecticut called the Mully, um, made by 24-7 lures. That's what I tend to oh, throw. Okay. Um, and then I have another rod that I use for trolling tubes, and that's something I usually switch to when the sun goes up. Um, and so that, those baits, um, live eels, gravity tackle eels, big topwater plugs and tubes, those are my four baits that take me basically from late June all the way until it gets too cold to catch the and, fish. And what is the tube imitating, an eel? Yeah, or it's meant to imitate an eel. It is absolutely mind-blowing that they love it. Um, I don't tip it with anything. A lot yeah. of guys put like a worm on the back of it. Oh. I've never, um, I, I have before, but I've, I also often go out without any bait to put on the back of the tube. And I've never noticed a really distinct difference. There's never been a day where I'm like, oh, I'm not getting bites. Let me put a trailer on it. Now I am. And they're like, they're um, like bent, you they're know. like bent funky and they like roll like a spiral in the water, right? Yeah, you. One thing I always tell our customers when you first buy them, you tie them in like an overhand knot, and you give it like a little tug, and then you untie it, and it puts in a little extra bend in it, and it looks absurd. It's surgical tubing and cable. You yeah, know, with like yeah, a that's what it is. It. It's like I was like, but wow, they catch it, fish it on those. Drives them nuts. Yeah. yeah I so heard. I was in. Uh, we have the Big East Coast uh, Striper Tournament every year called Striper yeah. Cup, put on by On the Water Magazine. Um, and I was very, I was fortunate enough to win the kayak division this year. And oh, of the 10 fish awesome. that I entered, six of them came on the gravity tackle eel. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, six of them came on the gravity tackle eel, three came on the tube, and one came on a live eel. So that kind of is how I classify, yeah. like, Dang. you know, year to year. Last year was a better top water bite, the year eels. Yeah, I got more. I lost two of those docks. 
those are like 28 bucks a peak. <laughs> Yeah, they're not as expensive as yeah, some of the glide baits and everything, but they are they're pretty pricey. But yeah, I was gonna say you had a uh, a yeah. giant tog last year. You came within like less than a pound of the state catch and release record, like gigantic tog. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, that was a cool fish, man. That was a uh, that was actually an April fish. It was in April of twenty twenty one. And oh, uh, 2021. Okay. not a lot of people fish the spring tog. Yeah. Not a lot of people fish it in the spring because it's still pretty cold and there's not a lot of bycatch you're getting yeah. primarily tog. That's all you're getting. Um, oh, cool. And yeah, I, to be honest, man, I have a lot of luck. I'm not a prolific tog fisherman. I spend right. a lot of time doing it and I really enjoy it. Some guys have like a gene in them that's like tog master gene. I do not have that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you had called a smaller one like the drop before, um, right? My, my, yeah, yeah. And they do like, you know, they get pulled in by the scent of those crabs, you know. And oh, man. Um, I had actually caught my personal best, which was eight pounds earlier that day. Yes. And then um, that fish hit and it was a it was 20, 23 pounds. And uh, oh, my God. it's as far as we've been able to find, it's the kayak record, um, which is pretty cool. But it got close that's, to a couple yeah. other records, too. So it was it, I'm really grateful because that was that that's an old fish that's seen a lot. And I was happy to watch it swim off. It was really cool. We got a replica of it in the shop, which is pretty neat. <laughs> Dang, man. Oh, that's insane. I just couldn't even imagine the 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 strength of that fish because yeah. I, I could think of a 23 pound sheephead and what it would do <laughs> be hard to turn it right yeah <laughs> be a fight yeah dude. yeah it was a uh it definitely was a lot of luck it was a lot of like it ran the right way it ran away from the structure i was on which yeah. definitely doesn't always happen um, and by the time it came back underneath the kayak, I was spot locked in the, uh, the old town autopilot. That's my primary kayak. Yeah. I was spot locked and, uh, it came back underneath me near the structure I was fishing. But by that time I had gotten it up off the bottom and it mm-hmm. never got all the way back down. It definitely dug and ran, but, um, I was lucky the hook didn't bend out. I was lucky my knots didn't pull, you know, 10 things had to go right. And I kind of threaded the needle and ended up with a really special fish so it was it was cool it was definitely a special day dang yeah that's insane y'all could check out the pictures of that fish i think it's one of your pin posts on your instagram page um yep that fish is gigantic <laughs> they had a big head on it and they got funky teeth like sheep head as well it was a cool smiling. one yeah like they're smiling at you yeah so Man, we're getting close yep. <laughs> to a little over 45 minutes. I know I'm trying to, I could talk the paint off of the wall. It's all good. But yeah, normally I do these things called a quick five where I just throw random questions out there out of the blue and it's just answer on the fly. <laughs> so here you go. Uh, deep dish or thin? All right. I love it. Deep thin. dish or thin? Pizza? Thin? All right. Pats or Jets? Thin. Pats oh, or Jets? Ravens. Neither one. I'm a Ravens. Oh, fan. Ravens. There you go. Good. I'll take that. Uh, hot dog or hamburger? <laughs> hamburger, baby, all day. Cool deal. Yep. Same here. Unless they're grilled. I can't do like bold hot dogs. Uh, Mets or Yankees? <laughs> uh, Orioles, Baltimore. All Orioles. There you go. <laughs> Especially this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, spring or fall which bite Ooh, fall definitely yeah. fall yeah. you can take both too <laughs> no always just just <laughs> random stuff man i always come up with random stuff i mean it all depends on who's on the show i love be, it you're in the northeast so i was like i'm gonna go pizza and and hot dogs and then like the, some of the teams up there but cool yeah i'm a i'm a braves fan but but i get on the astros bandwagon when they when they win it <laughs> Yeah, you, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you got to. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, y'all uh, go check out Matt on the uh, Sunrise Kite Fishing on the IG and check out his place of occupation, BHO Fishing, correct? At BHO Fishing. Yep. Black Hole Outfitters. Yeah. Yep. 
good stuff. Look yes, like sir. it's a pretty cool shop too. I've, I already went on there and followed them myself. So, uh, definitely going <laughs> to be following them as well. But yeah, everybody, we appreciate everybody on the show watching. We wouldn't be here without the listeners and the people that watch this. So, um, it's that time we're about to close up. Uh, Matt, if you got any, uh, shout outs, uh, thank yous or anything. Yeah. It's yours, man. The mic's yours. Oh yeah. Thank you to you for having me. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I think definitely, uh, thank you to everybody who's part of this really cool kayak fishing community that just has no bounds of kindness and, you know, helping each other and friendships, whether you've met in person or not, like we were talking about earlier, because, you know, below the, uh, maybe above all the catching and the, the sunrises and, all that stuff there's those friendships and that kind of shared love of the same thing and that's pretty cool so thank you to, to everybody who's a part of that and everyone who follows you know my my adventures and your adventures and, and lets us you know spend a part of our lives doing what we love because that's that's pretty cool stuff no doubt i can i can i can get with that man for sure yeah and you you, you fish a lot you end up with them raccoon eyes man <laughs> Yeah, I got so sunburned today. It was like, good grief! <laughs> I need my sunglasses on right here. I'm squinting already. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, we appreciate you coming on good Chasing song. the Tide, brother. Uh, you know, we'll definitely be in touch. Who knows? I might end up back up that way and might have to go see if you can put me on my first yeah. big striper over 30 inches since I couldn't bust that on my own. So. <laughs> I, I tried. I gave. I gave no it. A, I gave it a good fight. I definitely hooked some, some good ones, but I couldn't crack that thirty inch mark. So, and I wasn't throwing bait. I was making. I was throwing all the whole you. time. So, yeah, I might have to. We might have to make the trek up there next summer. I might have to bring the wife. She's been wanting. To, she's been bugging me to go up there anyway. So, just might have to do that. That's pretty, yeah. man. Yeah, you know where to find me. I'll be here. <laughs> cool deal we appreciate you man hang tight and we'll run this closer and we're going to shut down the show thanks for everybody tuning in chasing the tide on the pal and Finn podcast network cheers mm-hmm.